cages are built around unfenced grounds. The low security prison had one famous escapee. Um, and it says source Paula Johnson, inner lives, voices of African-American women. Oh, that's in an ad. Oh, that's an, ah, I see. Uh, Lynette Squeaky Fromm was sentenced to life in prison after her attempt to assassinate President Gerald Ford in 1975. She escaped Alderson in 1987, but was recaptured two days later and was ultimately released in 2009. So here, here, uh, more, more, I want to know about this cushy prison. Oh, this is nice. Class taught in the 1930s. There's a picture of ladies learning. <laughs> During her time at Alderson, Fromm had access to a wide range of educational courses from GED classes to college classes to vocational training. Yar, yar. Welcome to Racer's Alley. Let's see here. I believe I'm on the air. Uh, Racer's Alley here at Meet New Radio. I'm looking at my board because all my notes are covering everything. Trying a new system here to see how I can actually be a little bit more organized and uh, read and uh, be able to stop saying uh so much but uh, that's the third time apparently it's not uncommon from what I hear so uh, welcome back to Racers Alley here at Tokiomoto in the heart of the mission I am just getting in uh, trying to get my notes together I had a very very uh, nice this time pupusa over at Donateras market over here at uh, where are we 21th in Florida 21st in Florida over here in the heart of the mission. And uh, Donna Teres is interesting, uh, D-O-N-A-T-E-R-E-S, at uh, 21st in Florida. What's interesting is uh, it reminds me of my mamita, you know, uh, cooking back there. She's uh, It's a single-handed, uh, you know, uh, mom-owned, uh, I guess, uh, little market there, and she'll make you some pupusas, tacos, and all that good stuff. But today, the carnitas were out of this world. I'm going to have to come here tomorrow because I'm sure they're just marinating overnight and going to get much more tasty. Yar, yar. Anyhow, welcome back to Racer's Alley here at Mutiny Radio in the heart of the mission. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, less rusty. I haven't been here in a while. It's been a a number of months, and uh, apparently... It takes a thing, you know, it's like racing a motorcycle or something. Uh, you got to learn how to breathe again, stop saying uh so much, get your timing right, because I can say a whole lot of stuff really quickly on that type of stuff. Yar. So, uh, Mutiny Radio is going to have a comedy festival here coming, sixth annual com- comedy festival. Uh, you know, we love our, our uh, support that's been happening here since the... Uh, I guess pandemic, uh, things have hit everybody really, really hard. Meet New Radio has been trying to survive. We've been slowly, I, I was out for quite a while here. Uh, the show barely has been on for the past, they, we're, we're over three years now. You are. I wasn't here for the anniversary uh, much, and uh, yeah, I, I, I got to sidetracked, I guess you could say is the easiest way to put it. Uh, not in a good way. But anyhow, Mutiny Radio is having their comedy festival here, the sixth annual comedy festival. Uh, again, thank you, Asiento, uh, right here uh, locally, uh, the bar on Dolores, and uh, the milk bar. Oh my God, that's what she says. Uh, I'm going to get a little bit more information. I'm going to start uh, promoting this, of course, because without the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, our ship here, Mutiny Radio, would not be sailing. This is like the the annual big thing uh, here to keep us going. It also promotes all the comedians who have been working so hard to be here. It's not easy being a comedian. Boy, you know, I thought racing was hard, you know, but uh, being a comedian, you got to deal with a little bit more mentally uh, as far as, uh, I guess, uh, 
you know, just not getting things right sometimes. But uh, anyhow, I've seen him. I've seen her here Mondays where she has, you know, the uh, workshop and comedians, aspiring comedians come in. You know, they bring in their, their, their uh, I guess, their, their list and go over it. And a couple other comedians, you know, comment on it. It's, it's kind of a workshop. It's, I guess that's what they call it that. And what's nice is it, 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 it's already very, very hard to put yourself out there. I mean, I can't imagine doing that. And uh, as far as, uh, you know, uh, trying to get someone to laugh and uh, I've been here where uh, uh, someone had their set after that uh, after that uh, after Mondays uh, Pam usually has a show here on Fridays or Saturdays again I'll get more details it's been a while and uh, I've seen the work from the workshop you know the comedians come out they go on stage and it's wonderful you know it's just like being a track day rider to a novice racer to racing you know you see the progression and it's really really cool and like I said it takes a lot of guts you know I, I've seen a comedian sit here and uh, Wow, you know, 30 seconds is a long time sitting on stage. And he has a minute. Uh, you can talk really fast on the air, so you blow through everything. And through that time, no one laughed. So he's sitting there in a silent room full of people here at Mutiny Radio. And ee, 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 you can hear the crickets or whatever. You know, this guy's, you know, he's got a lot of balls. So he goes, well, my set's up. I'm done. Uh, no one's here is laughing. But uh, I got 30 seconds left, so I'm just going to keep on plugging. You know, to, to, to have that gumption, to, to be able to sit there and just keep trying. And like I said, 30 seconds is a long time when everyone's just sitting there looking at you. Uh, got him some applause and admiration and respect. You know, it's, uh, you got to keep trying, as anything in the world says. And uh, if you do, uh, you won't go home dissatisfied. At least you have tried. Bar. I don't know what got me on that. Must be a little thing. Lately, I've been really, really hurting chronically. Uh, I did something uh, to my lower ribs or something. Anyhow, uh, yesterday, last night, yesterday I was awful. Today, I'm actually moving around and feeling great. It's, 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 it's crazy what a difference a day can make, apparently. But uh, so... That being said, I'm here on my show. It's going to be great. Uh, we're going to have some information today here at Meany Radio on Racers Alley here in the heart of the mission. Uh, I want to thank you all, uh, all six of my listeners, to uh, uh, tuning in again, I guess, uh, from what I hear. Anyhow, uh, what we're going to go over today, again, are bulletins. Right now, the, one of the main reasons I, I fired the show back up again, uh, I promised I wouldn't until I raced, and, uh, well, I tried. So uh, we're, we're, we're not done trying but uh, I, 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 I consider that at least uh, starting the show up. So, uh, the San Pedro Martirial Hill, Mar San Pedro Martir Hill Climb, slow down, Alex, and the Baja International Tourist Cup are going to be coming up here in October. So, my main goal here is to get all the racers that are going internationally and from here in America or anywhere uh, some information. Let's get some rules out there, that type of thing, crossing borders, what you need to know, what you shouldn't do, what you should do, all that good stuff. So, I'll be going over some information from the uh, Baja International Tourist Cup, which will be happening on October 29th and 31st, as well as uh, the San Pedro Matir Hill Climb, which for me uh, started this whole adventure, which will be happening on October 27th and 28th. So uh, I've been talking to Pedro Vargas Valdez, and uh, we've been communicating and uh, 
we'll go over some stuff on that. Also, I got a uh, shot today on the face of my book. Uh, the Supermoto USA uh, has their new schedule out. So I'll definitely go over that because that's a whole lot of fun. I think uh, we even had, uh, I think it was Brock McAllister here uh, talking about that at one time. And uh, so we'll go over that schedule. I got the list of their sponsors and uh, hopefully they can call in and let us know about uh, the program and the uh, Thank their sponsors, that good old stuff. We'll go over the fun track day schedule. I uh, heard from August, and uh, I got, a, I think, a few more here till the end of the year. It's always nice to go to fun track days. As far as uh, Apex Assassins, I just heard from one of our pals, and I got that new schedule here for the rest of the year. And, uh, of course, our pals over down uh, south, track days. Uh, boy, uh, Got a few things to say about uh, Dustin here. I'm glad you're okay. You are, you are. But uh, track days, we've got some stuff going on there down south, which will be very, very soon as well. And uh, we've got a, I guess, a schedule here from No Limits Racing. I saw that. Uh, they're over there on the other side of the pond. But uh, I want to get everyone's race schedule out there. I do not uh, in any way. Uh, well, actually, yeah, I guess I love all racing. So there you go. So No Limits Racing, uh, they're over there on the other side of the pond. And I have their uh, 2022 calendar so i just got the first three races we still got a little time to get there but i want you to know that people are listening and watching yar okay so um let me get my stuff together here uh, i wouldn't uh, like i said i was all messed up this last week so i didn't really have so much uh, time to prepare it's a little distracted and on the way here i forgot to bring some albums so i just like plucked a couple here uh Mutiny radio here has kind of an interesting to say the least uh, album collection and i found these two which i hope you will like we'll start with i guess uh Joan Jett, if I can figure out how to get it going. Uh, give me a few minutes. Let me get my notes together, and we will be able to, you know, uh, talk about racing good old stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's see if I can actually figure out how to do this, and we'll go from there. The Ambien. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't fuck with Ambien. And I've been blacked out, but, you know, whatever. It happens. Just don't be sloppy about it. That's all. Yeah. That, I can't tell if I'm being sloppy, which is the bummer. I hope I'm not being sloppy because I've had to do that apologizing the next day, too. Like, I am so sorry if this date went. And they're like, oh, no, you said we were talking politics and you're into it. But everything else was fine because that's my go. I guess when I get blackout, you, you I get talk the, about politics. I totally get on my soapbox and I start talking politics, which is why I don't know. But it's like it, that's the one thing I start talking about, and I go on a rant. And I've heard this from many, many, many of my friends. So that's when people that's know, like, funny. oh, she's gone. <laughs> Put her to bed. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Maybe it just turns me on. I don't know. I I, I have an issue now with uh, it was with drinking too, but smoking weed. I am horny, <laughs> but I'm too you know lacking motivation to get off the couch and doing it. It's too because everything. Yeah. The phone's too hard to operate. Is that all you got to do? You just got to get that text out there and just the ladies that, just come so a-flocking. Send that text. Uh, so we're going to listen to a little Snoop Dogg here. This is Smoke Weed Every Day, Every Day.
<laughs> I just have to say, you know, I have the most impeccable timing when it comes to uh, weird things. So uh, that was fantastic talking. So someone, uh, some past interview at some point. So welcome back to Racers Alley here at the heart of uh, <laughs> the mission and uh, Mutiny Radio. And uh, I just tried to figure out how to work uh, the record player. And you got some weird ass interview uh, talking about some weird ass stuff. But we're back on the air. And I figured out how to work the record player, and I will be back once I get my notes together. Ah, cheers. Welcome to Racer's Alley. <laughs> I'm especially proud of this festive gingerbread house. I love gingerbread houses. What the heck? Did you touch my gingerbread house? Yes, but I made some renovations. We should think about the gingerbread people who have fallen on hard times.
uh, I'm still trying to figure this uh, mess out here with the, uh, uh, I guess, phonograph and whatever. Anyhow, uh, Milk Crate Brian will be here next week. I actually asked him not to be here today because I wanted to hone in my skills. Yeah, see how that went? Yeah. Anyhow, I ran into him yesterday. He's having a good time. He's feeling great. He has some stories to tell us, as well as um, <clears throat> I guess he got shows uh, tickets to a show tonight. So uh, it was great in the end that... Uh, uh, He's going to have fun rather than being here with this mess here. So let's talk about other things motorcycle related. Yeah, hmm, yeah racing schedules. So uh, right now, AFM is going to be out there. We're already uh, through uh, September, the last race. I would have loved to have been there. I would have loved to actually had a uh, a report and uh, you know uh, know what's going on. I, w I wanted to this year have a. I guess a live broadcast, but that didn't work out. Milk Crate Brian actually bought a, a device that uh, we could be able to put out there for the, uh, you know, for the announcers, and that way they could give it to us after that, and then we can start airing uh, the races live. And that goes for all the other boys as well, as far as the California Road Race Association and anyone out there. If you ever want to send me your uh, race broadcasts, you know, I'll do my best to get them out there and, and uh, do something with them. We do have a lot of airtime here at Meet radio anyone can always rent an hour as well uh, since COVID and stuff like I said we're hurting a lot of people can uh, maintain their shows myself included last year we were barely here and you know this year uh, for, for various reasons I mean we were, we were off quite a bit so uh, meeting the radio to stay uh, floating like I said we could definitely always use your help and the meeting radio comedy festival will be going on this year and I will get you more information as far as uh, dates and places because it's always nice also with the comedy festival it's a various areas and it's nice to also support those businesses because uh, right now you know like i said everyone's just getting out there it's nice to be able to support folks that uh, have been hurting and were closed and otherwise now you can see comedy outdoor and such pam actually started that uh, pam's our, our captain here at meeting radio and uh, without her we wouldn't have racers alley when i was gone this whole time she saved my time slot and she's, she knew, well, she's, she said I'll be back, so uh, here I am again. So uh, thank you, Pam, for saving my time slot. Uh, it's a great time slot, and thank you for uh, having us here. So that being said, you know, it's always nice. And during the height of the pandemic, uh, Pam made people laugh. What happened was uh, she started doing outdoor comedy when uh, uh, the skies were red and all that good stuff. Remember that here in San Francisco? We had uh, red skies. And literally, uh, folks around the world, it was really bleak out here. And uh, Pam was able to uh, make people laugh. Everyone would be walking by, and she set up a chair out front and uh, a couple other people, a little mic stand, and just started telling jokes, and uh, it grew from there, which is nice. And uh, now she uh, has a couple of other places outdoors. Like I said, I will be able to get you those names probably the next uh, non-commercial break, whatever the music I do or try. But... Um, I'll get you some more information on that. So as far as AFM goes, I don't know how I went off on the Pam tangent because uh, I love uh, Mutiny Radio and her. So without her, we would not be here. So as well as uh, so as far as AFM goes, the next race schedule, they're going to be uh, October uh, 9th and 10th. Uh, I think Thunder Hill is what I read, but uh, sometimes my writing's funny. So AFM will be on October 9th and 10th at Thunder Hill. I would love to love be there. Uh, officially, I think my birthday, uh, I, I will be like uh, uh, older. 
So it'll be nice to go out there and do that. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, the final will be at Buttonwilla on October 30th and 31st, which is really, really cool. And I do not know what track they will do, but it's, uh, usually Buttonwilla is really cool. And no matter what, it's one of my favorite courses. So uh, nice, nice. All right, so that's the FM schedule. They're going to be here on October 9th and 10th over at Thunder Hill. And the final will be over down south in Buttonwilla on October 30th and 31st. So always uh, support your local uh, racing as well as your turn workers. Please uh, give those guys a good wave if you can always uh, you know give a certificate for some coffee or something's always nice without your turn workers in any race uh, course all around the world uh, you wouldn't be racing so it's always always nice to uh, you know have uh, turn workers out there and uh, without them like I said you wouldn't be uh, out there so <laughs> racing out there so uh, again uh, say uh, mentioning that thank you John B Huggins and all motorsports flagging because like I said uh, we need turn workers and uh, it's always nice to have out there so uh, that being said uh, next race and I believe uh, those uh, that'll be for the AFM uh, let's see here some fun fun stuff like I said earlier I just saw the the uh, supermoto USA is coming back and uh, Michael Day, I believe, which is uh, posted or something like that. Anyhow, Supermoto USA is coming back to town. Uh, I see here they're presented by uh, Wonder CBD. Mm -hmm. I wonder what that is. But anyways, I'll let you all decide, and hopefully some of the boys can call in and let me know exactly uh, the program and uh, what that wonder is about, what I'm wondering about that. Anyhow, uh, Supermoto USA, they're coming back to town. Makes me want to get a Supermoto bike. I know there's one for sale. Really nice uh, XR600 over there at Tokyo Motor right now with two sets of uh, rims. So you can actually have a dirt bike or a Supermoto bike. If my mom or brother are listening, my birthday is in a couple of weeks. That XR is sitting over there at Tokyo Moto. Anyhow, so uh, May 29th through 31st, uh, Supermoto USA is going to be over at the Shasta Kart Track. Uh, that's over in Redding, California. So I believe that's uh, up north of here. So uh, May 29th and 31st, Supermoto USA will be at the Shasta Kart Track. Ah, lots of nice fun times. Uh, Supermoto is basically a single-cylinder bike. Uh, used to be, as for readers who don't understand, it's like an old Enduro, but uh, they ended up putting up super nice suspension up front and rear, fully adjustable, fat tires, nice rims, and the thing can just uh, rail. Uh, I don't know how many horsepower they have. I'd imagine around 60. But uh, really, really fun time. Uh, supermoto bikes, if you're not into them, uh, go out and watch them. They're around, uh, now. you know, as far as um, they're not too far to wait. You know, they're in the state of California, so you can always take a road trip and check them out. A lot of fun. Uh, next uh, race, actually, for the Supermoto USA will also be on August 1st. They're going to be at the streets of Willow Springs, Rosamond, California. I love uh, Willow Springs. It's been a lifetime since I've been there. Uh, streets of Willow, I actually never, ever ran myself. I hear they, uh, they have a couple of courses out there. So, anyways, Rosamond, Cal uh, Rosamond California is up in the, uh, the Mojave. I love that area. Uh, it has changed since I first went out there in uh, boy, 1992, I think. Yeah, it used to be a desert. Now it's a shit ton of houses. I wish I would have bought land when when I was going out there where there was just nothing but nothing. But uh, Streets of Willow Springs will be out there, uh, Supermoto USA, on August 1st. After that, which is really, really cool, um, I'm not really down with this name. Uh, it's going to be on September 4th, 5th. They call it the Sonoma Raceway. Uh, what it really is for us is called Sears Point. Uh, it's in Sonoma, 
and uh, they're going to be at the Sonoma Kart Track. So uh, Sears Point Kart Track, September 4th and 5th, as well as October 2nd and 3rd. Wow, I'm right before my birthday. Sears Point, that's really, really close. So uh, Sonoma Raceway uh, Kart Track, uh, a.k.a. My favorite, Sears Point, for the Supermoto USA on September 4th and 5th, October 2nd and 3rd. And then again, they'll be, uh, boy, they're yeah, every month racing at least twice a month. So that's really, really cool as far as racing goes. It's not far enough where you kind of like forget your skills and have to start all over. So it's always, always cool. October, Supermoto USA has uh, two races, October 2nd and 3rd at Sears Point and 16th and 17th at the uh, Shasta Kart Track. Uh, again, over in Reading. And then on uh, November 13th, 14th at the Shasta Kurt Track over in uh, Reading. So uh, Supermoto USA is back. Uh, I believe Brock McAllister has called in about that. I'll have to reach out to him and uh, see if uh, once I get some people here that can teach me how to use all these buttons and switches and things, uh, we can answer a phone. So that'll be awesome. I'll, I'll reach out to Brock about this because really, really fun stuff. And it's great for uh, deep sea racing out there. And as far as that goes... Um, I saw a sponsor list down there, so uh, Supermoto USA sponsors. Thank you for uh, getting us racers out there and helping uh, keep the lights on, so to speak. Uh, Stiegler Insurance Agency, STACYC, I'll have to ask you boys what that's about. Works Connection, that's a name I've heard of. McAllister Motorsports, as well as SBP Suspension by Buck. Uh, that's my favorite name, Suspension by Buck. You know, if I was going to get my suspension done, Buck's the man to do it. I, I love that. That made me smile a lot. So I uh, hope he can call in and let us know what he can do. And I think someone else called Maliko. I'll have to ask him. So thank you, uh, Supermoto USA sponsors, for getting the boys out there for another year. And uh, let's keep racing going and uh, everyone back out there in the COVID times. Yar. All right. So let me figure out if I can put music on. Please bear with me because it drives me crazy that I don't know how to use this stuff. So uh, say good luck, Alex. Good luck, Alex. <laughs> Just that guy. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know how he looks like you know, a little bit like Pedo. Well, that's his character in this movie. Is Pedo who's trying to uh, lure Ellen Page to his house to uh, take advantage of her. But lo and behold, Ellen Page is actually the predator yes. because she has a plan to castrate him. Uh, and so I'm watching this movie, and I've seen this movie before. I saw it when I was in when it first came out, and I was in college. Awesome. Oh wow. And uh, it got to that scene, but I was watching it with this girl I was trying to impress. Oh. Yeah. 
was interesting in a storyteller perspective. When you believe him and don't believe him, you think she's crazy. It was very ambiguous, and they they keep switching sides. When you feel you feel for him. Brock Turner's father said, and this makes me angry. Oh, that's Let me do a poor. His life will never be the one he dreamed about and worked so hard to achieve. Dan A. Turner. Wrote a <laughs> All right, you can see I'm failing here on Racist Alley, trying to figure out how to shut off whatever the hell's going on in the background. We've had this problem before, but uh, this is not my equipment, so I can just start bashing things to shut them off. Yeah, it's not a motorcycle. Anyhow, welcome back to Racers Alley here at the heart of the mission. Uh, I wanted to mention earlier, uh, I'm getting back on the air. As you can tell, I'm really, really rusty and uh, trying to learn how to talk again and think and speak and all that good stuff. Well, uh, I wanted to mention we're back on the air. I was looking into a couple of other folks as well, uh, seeing if we can get their information as far as the rest of the year. Uh, Hawk Mazada uh, Motocamp, uh, I hear you got her earlier. I was trying to look up a little bit of information, but if, uh, if you're listening out there, which is uh, would be interesting, uh, please let us know your schedule. If not, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go out, uh, reach out to you and see what's happening, because uh, your Motocamp is really, really cool, and I thought it would be nice to put that out there, especially since the motocross season's coming in so it's uh nice to see what's going on as far as that goes uh also uh as far as uh thinking our local uh, businesses uh tokyo motors still back out there i think their hours now are from uh tuesday through friday between uh maybe nine and five i don't know uh, i haven't talked to sean in a hair i've been out of it uh it's uh, highly unlikely that uh i'll be working back there again yeah. Anyways, uh, Desmoto, uh, they're still out there. Please uh, support all your local businesses here in San Francisco. Uh, Super Plush Suspension against uh, James Siddall's out there. Hopefully, uh, again, I'll reach out. I haven't talked to anyone lately. I need to go out and uh, go eye-to-eye uh, -eye and handshake and visit all these folks and let them, let them know I'm out here again. And, uh, if they have any bulletins, uh, let me know so I can uh, try and put them on the show. Yeah. Okay, so that as well. Uh, Berkeley Honda Yamaha. I saw Carl a while back. I always love seeing Carl in always uh thank you for uh my yamaha parts yar and uh like i said uh reaching out i'd like to hear from clay from firstrides.org uh see if they're still running uh, i guess uh now again it's a time of year where motocross and such being the fall uh might be a good time to go out there in the dirt so uh i'll reach out to clay as well for firstrides.org uh, go from there uh, monkey motor school i just heard from evan arkush he's still out there so uh, monkeymotorschool.com if you want to learn how to ride a motorcycle uh, he can supply the bike they can do it in a very safe environment very very low stress very very low key a lot of good insights to get out there and uh, help you pass your test so monkey motor school Evan Arkush yar yar out there so yar and uh, I saw Matt Beals at Law Tigers he was out there I guess uh, uh, I saw on Facebook book I haven't been out in anywhere in a while but uh, Law Tigers he's always having a great time running around the, the world's uh, the state so to speak on his bike and uh and his little dog too and uh, Law Tigers I guess was out there over at the uh, Sacramento Mile what it looked like so uh, it'd be great to have you back in here again and uh, let, let us know how things are going and uh, 
what a good time that was out there. Yeah. And uh, as far as your bikes, if you ever have a get stuck somewhere, you know, uh, Rich has been helping everyone out for many, many years at Cycle Toe over down there in the uh, Berkeley area, uh, East Bay. Uh, so Cycle Toe, uh, if you ever need a, a tow, Rich is a great man. And uh, you can always give him a holler at 510-644-BIKE, B-I-K-E. Yeah. Uh, last thing you want to do is get stuck out there and, um, you know, it's always have to, nice to have a number to help you out. Yar. All right, so uh, I'm getting a light here. So let me figure out what this light is. Uh, let me figure out what the music is. And welcome back to Racer's Alley here at Media Radio, uh, here in the heart of the mission. I am uh, battling a little technical difficulties, but that is nothing new if you've ever listened to my show. Yar. Okay, so welcome to Racer's Alley here at Media Radio, heart of mission. Cheers. Let's figure this shit out. Dream case as the jail was overpopulated and they tried to sneak in the chromos in Gen Pop because Seg was full. Everywhere else I was was incarcerated, they keep the touchers far away from us. A story about one prison guard, the typical shaven headed gopher, actually instigated and informed the prisoners about a child molester who kidnapped two children and left them to die in a trunk of his car. He passed around a newspaper to all the gang leaders in the prison, open on the page about the abuser, and let them get on with it. He got attacked by more than 55.
You are, you are. Welcome back to Racers Alley here in the heart of the mission. Um, I don't know what what I did was right. All I did was push buttons. So for all I know, there's no one listening. Well, I'm sorry, six uh, listeners. We'll do a repeat or something. Anyhow, yeah. welcome back to Racers Alley, heart of the mission. You are. So let's see here. I was mentioning earlier track days and such. And um, talking about track days, let's talk about track days. They're down south over in Button Willow. Uh, let's see here. I think the next day is going to be uh, October 2nd at Laguna Seca. Nope, sorry. Monday, September 27th at Button Willow. I guess track days will be out there. Double check with Dustin. Uh, Monday, September 27th at Button Willow. Track days will also be out there on October 2nd at Laguna Seca, which actually, uh, again, if anyone's a uh, few of the folks out there, uh, my birthday will be before that. That would be a great birthday present. Yar, Laguna Seca. Boy, you know, I haven't been there in a million years. Uh, I know uh, Wade was just there with Arma, uh, Wade and uh, Eric, Subculture Racing Boys. Uh, I think they ran out there, and uh, we, we never really talked about it, maybe a sidecar. So, uh, yeah, so track days will be out there at Laguna Seca on October 2nd. Really, really uh, sounds like a great time. And uh, Monday, November 1st, they'll be at Button Willow. Uh, Saturday, November 27th, they'll be at Button Willow. And I guess uh, Sunday, November 28th, again at Button Willow. So uh, I don't know if those will be the regular tracks or not. Uh, I know they were working on uh, getting some other tracks out there uh, uh, sorted out uh, for the racing and such for the, uh, you know, um, uh, California Road Race Association. So uh, those boys, uh, you know, uh, the track days boys uh, have a lot of fun out there at Buttonwillow. And uh, I believe from what I read, um, they might be having a race out there. Jeez, uh, a couple of days from now. Again, a big wish on my list would be out there to, to be there at uh, Buttonwillow on September 18th, 19th uh, with the California Road Race Association. Those boys will be out there and uh, should be a very, very nice weekend. So, uh, again, the track day boys will be there uh, as far as uh, September 27th. And uh, the CRA will actually be out there on the 18th and 19th uh, racing. So, that's very, very cool. So, uh, hopefully, uh, got that right. And it uh, looks like the final is going to be at the Button Willow. <clears throat> excuse me. For the... Uh, for the California Road Race Association. Again, I, I really wish I could have uh, gone out there with you boys. Uh, life didn't just uh, work out uh, that way for me this year. Uh, the final road race will be at Button Willow on October 16th and 17th as well. California Road Race Boys and uh, Association. So uh, I would like to hear from you at one point. It would be great to get kind of synopsis over the year and how uh, things will be going. And uh, again, as far as uh, what's going to happen with the tracks down there at Button Willow, uh, talk to Dustin about that. And uh, talking about that, I'm really, really really happy you're okay mate I, I heard there was a little happening with your motorcycle out there and uh also uh, uh dustin i heard you got a little bit of uh, cold as well so um yeah uh, glad you're okay and uh hope to see you at one point at some time in uh in my racing uh type uh hopefully i'll be out there soon let's just uh, see what happens yeah so anyhow track days awesome awesome and uh california red race association hope to have a great season yeah so let's see here i'm gonna now since i figured everything out really really chill for a second because all this bullshit with the uh uh technical stuff kind of uh ruined my buzz all right so give me a second cheers <laughs> oh if you never heard of this guy you know uh flip wilson you know that's showing your age but uh let's hear him We'd like to say thank you very much and welcome to the first 
Flip Wilson special. And in the dressing room a few moments ago, I was sitting and I was running through my mind great quotations. I like great quotations. I've always learned a great deal from them. And uh, there were three that ran through my mind. One was the greatest quotation I've ever heard made by a woman. And the second was one that I'd written myself. And the third was a quotation made by a gentleman who I consider to be the champion of great quotations, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, let me do them for you, see what I mean? The great quotation, the greatest quotation made by a woman was made by a girl named Sarah Johnson. And it was made when I was coming in to do the show out at the Los Angeles airport. It was Sarah Johnson whom I heard tell the airline's service representative there, if you can fly this plane 600 miles an hour in the dark and find Los Angeles, you can find my bags. <laughs> I heard that. I was there when she said that. <laughs> then there's one that I wrote that I consider, it has the potential of becoming great, and I think it'll catch on sooner if more people would tell their friends. My quotation says, don't order a drink for the road because the road is already laid out. <laughs> I thought that was pretty hip. Yeah, ben Franklin made the greatest quotations. The hippest, I'd have to say. It was Ben Franklin who said, it's hard to forget a girl when you buy her a gift on time. <laughs> I like that, but that's really, a, that's really a great quotation. <laughs> Went by to see my minister yesterday. You know what my minister told me? He was saying how much pressure women are under from the devil and how the devil just hounds women you know that's rough too being a minister i mean he told me he said you're coming here complaining about your problems and i gotta wage this constant battle against the devil i said yeah rep <laughs> he told me his wife came in the house a few days before and she had this box and on the side of this box was written the name of a very exclusive dress shop the lowest dress was 85 dollars that was on sale. <laughs> so she walks in the house and Rev says, another dress? You bought another dress? This is ridiculous. That's the third dress this week. And his wife tells him, the devil made me buy this dress. <laughs> said, I didn't want to buy no dress. The devil kept following me. I was going down the street going, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the devil kept following me and he kept telling me how Good I look. <laughs> Ref said, I'm not going for that. He said, every time you do something wrong, you blame it on the devil. He said, you blamed it on the devil when you ran the car and decided a church. <laughs> it was the devil. You wasn't there. How do you know? He grabbed the steering wheel out of my hand. Ref said, well, why didn't you step on the brake? Said, because when he grabbed the steering wheel, I tried to kick him. <laughs> and step on the brake at the same time. Said, and we had a big fight. And that's why I was in the back seat when y'all got the call. Griff said, well, how'd the devil get you to buy the dress? She said, I was going out of town. And the devil sneaked up behind me. Sneaked. I heard him tip until, you know, I didn't want to look around because I knew it was the devil, you know. <laughs> The devil came up behind me and said, said, uh, say, mama, look at the dress in the window. 
said, that's your size, too. I said, it's on sale, too. Got a lot of them flowers in it like you like, you know? So why don't you treat yourself to that dress? And I told him, you better cut that out, devil. <laughs> I already bought two dresses this week. I'm not gonna buy no dress. I'm not even gonna look at it. Devil said, well, why don't you try it on? Said, I'm not gonna charge, charge you nothing to try it on. I mean, that's free. You owe yourself a try on. <laughs> I said, devil, you better leave me alone. <laughs> and he shoved me in the door. The devil just shoved me in that door. He pushed me in the door. I said, devil, stop it, please. <laughs> over the red dress was. I said, cut it out, devil. <laughs> then he threatened me and made me try it on. Devil said, you gonna buy that dress? I said, I'm not buying no dress, devil. And he pulled the gun. <laughs> devil pulled a gun and he threatened me and made me sign your name to a check. <laughs> Rip said, oh, look, said, how come every time the devil makes you do something, it's something for your benefit? When's the devil gonna do me a favor? And his wife tells him, he did already. I asked the devil about that. He said, if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't even have a job. <laughs> I had to disappoint a lady to do this show. Miss Johnson, I hope she's watching. And I want to, here I am, Miss Johnson. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't a matter of my not telling the truth when I told you I'd be here. See, let me tell you about Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson's the president of this ladies club. And for years, she helped me along the way, you know, because she'd invite me by to do club dates for a club meeting on Thursday afternoons. Uh, Miss Johnson's the president of this ladies club called you tell me what she said about me, and I'll tell you what she said about you. <laughs> She's president of the club. And I was supposed to do an afternoon affair for them, and I, told, I went by to tell her that I wouldn't be able to make it because I was coming to do the special. So I said, Miss Johnson, I won't be able to make it. She said, well, what am I gonna tell the girls? She said, I promised them you were gonna be there. I said, well, I don't know, Miss Johnson. She said, well, can you get someone to take your place? I said, it's too late because I gotta catch the plane. I gotta get out and do my first special. She said, well, what about me? Said, I don't know what to tell you to do. And there was a knock at the door. And Miss Johnson goes to the door and there's two bums there. And the bums were gentlemen. You know, they weren't just raggedy bums. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these guys had a little class. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> the bum says, Miss Johnson, would you mind giving a couple guys who haven't eaten in two days a meal? Miss Johnson says, certainly. They said, in return, we'd be willing to do some work for you. So Miss Johnson said, okay, how about cutting some of that wood? So the bums go and they start to cut the wood. Miss Johnson's preparing the food. Then I'm watching and we're discussing who we're gonna get to take my place, if anybody. Then, zoom, I saw a guy shoot by the window. You know, he was doing summer tossing. So what was that? I was wondering what it was and all of a sudden he came back there. I said, Miss Johnson, there's a guy doing somersaults by your window. She said, yeah, she went to the door and she looks and there's one of the bums. 
You know, and he's doing cartwheels around the yard and somersaults, then he's spinning around, then he ran up the side of the tree. I said, wow, Miss Johnson. Then he spun around the branch and he jumped back down to the ground and did a little ballet there like that. <laughs> like that. Did about five minutes of that. I said, Miss Johnson, why don't you get him to perform for the club date this afternoon? She said, great, so I'll ask him. So she called his bum's friend. She said, uh, would your buddy perform for me at the club meeting this afternoon? Said, I'll give him $100. I'm surprised because she was only giving me 35. <laughs> the guy said, uh, I don't know, Mr. Johnson. said, I'll ask him. Then he turned to his buddy and he said, Hey, Freddie, you willing to cut off another toe for $100? <laughs> Motorbikes. <laughs> I like motorbikes. This is a great new story I've been working on about a motorbike. It's about this guy, this guy named Charlie. Charlie got a motorbike for his birthday, you know? He was happy. Yeah, I got a motorbike. I got a motorbike. <laughs> and he wanted his best friend to see it, you know? So he said, I'm gonna ride over to my best friend's house and show him my motorbike. And he got on the bike, you know? <laughs> his friend lived next door. <laughs> <laughs> And he calls his friend out, you know, and he shows him the motorbike. And his friend said, yeah, that's always a sharp motorbike. He said, but uh, I bought my tennis shoes down because I wanted you to see my tennis shoes. And Charlie said, tennis shoes? So I said, yeah, he said, my tennis shoes, I wanted you to see them. He said, I'm as proud of my tennis shoes as you are that motorbike. He said, in fact, I'm willing to bet you that these tennis shoes are faster than that motorbike. Charlie said, are you crazy? How's a pair of tennis shoes going to be faster than the motorbike? Do you want to race? I said, yeah, I'll race you. <laughs> so the guy puts on the tennis shoe, Charlie gets on the motorbike, and people were going by up into the hall of the building, and they heard them talking about it, you know, and they went, they're knocking on the doors, you know, the apartments, telling people. So everybody started looking out of the window and said, tennis shoes against the motorbike? Yeah, right down there. Said, he's gonna race tennis shoes against the motorbike? Said, that's ridiculous. How can man tennis shoes gonna meet the motorbike? Said, right down there. <laughs> and then the race started, you know, the motor, the guy on the motorbike starts up. Charlie started about, 25 miles an hour. Sometimes my lips get stuck doing this. Maybe they'll cut that out. And I'm going to do it about 25 miles an hour, and Charlie's friend is running right alongside him. He said, man, he said, you better go and start the race because a lot of people got their money back. Charlie said, okay, so I'm going to whip it up to 45. And the motorbike's doing about 45 minutes, and his buddy's running right along the side. <laughs> then his buddy passed him, you know, his buddy passed him, you know, and he crossed over in front of him, you know, then he went back around him. <laughs> and the guy, the guy started running it backwards, you know, talking to him on the motorbike. <laughs> he said, you better get out of the way, so I'm gonna open this motorbike up. Then he, you know, turned the motorbike full speed. <laughs> and the motorbike went about 40, 40, 45 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour, you know, then a big hill, you know, a hill and a curve. <laughs> right around that curve, you know. And when he got around the curve, Charlie turned and looked, you know, he looked for his buddy, his buddy wasn't there. He waited a few minutes. Then he got back on the motorbike and he rolled back around the car. <laughs> Then he looked at his buddy's laying in the ditch. I said, say, man, I said, what are you doing in the ditch? And his buddy said, you ever have a tennis shoe blow out on you at 90 miles an hour?
Okay, okay. The story's about a minister. His name is Reverend Leroy. <laughs> Leroy was pastor of the church of the What's Happening Now. I mean, Leroy wasn't the type of guy who'd tell you what happened a long time ago. Or what's going to happen in the future. When you go to Leroy's place, he'll tell you what's happening now. Uh, the members... The members of the congregation dug Reverend Leroy so much that they got together and chipped in, all of them chipped in, and they built Rev a new tabernacle. Well, it was really a storefront, but they renovated it. <laughs> Changed the name from Barbecue Place to Tabernacle. <laughs> Put a big sign on the front. Church of the What's Happening Now, pastored by Reverend Leroy. <laughs> now, it was the first day of the service. The day of the first service at the new tabernacle. Early Sunday morning. <laughs> Down the road, on a path, leading through the zoo, comes Reverend Leroy. Now, this Sunday morning, the rain is falling down. Brothers and sisters, the rain was falling down. And the wind was blowing. And into the pouring down wind and the rain, came Reverend Leroy. As he walked through the zoo, standing there in the cage behind the bars, looking out between the bars, it's a gorilla. <laughs> now, you're laughing, you're laughing. Now, I realized that gorilla, but on the cage, on the front of the cage where it had the name of the animal, it said, gorilla. <laughs> It said, beware of the G-O-Rilla. <laughs> That's Gorilla. Beware means watch out. <laughs> watch out for the Gorilla. <laughs> As Rev passes the cage, he sees the Gorilla standing there, leaning on the cage, digging out between the bars. Rev thinks that the gorilla is a man in jail who had his civil rights violated. <laughs> Rev stops in front of the cage. He says, uh, said brother, said brother, why? Why have they got you behind those bars? Said brother, whatever they said you did, you didn't do it. Then you didn't do it, he said, because I know an innocent face when I see one. <laughs> that you didn't do it, brother. He said, I know. He said, look, just look at the hair hanging down in your nasty face. <laughs> he said, brother, they won't even let you wash your nasty face. He said, look, he said, they've even got you drinking out of a trough. He said, and brother, a man has to stoop pretty low to drink from a trough. <laughs> said, we're gonna do something about this. Said, we're gonna get the members, said, I'm gonna write down to the tabernacle and I'm gonna get the members to get together. Said, and we're gonna send a petition to Washington. Said, we're gonna do something. He said, brother. Said, all I got is one dollar, a raincoat, and a pack of chewing gum. Said, but you can have that. Said, I'm gonna give that to you. 
And he walked over, dropped the raincoat, and extended his hand, which the gorilla clasped gently. Rep said, uh, brother, I'm gonna see you in a little while. And he went to pull back and he felt the gorilla tighten up. <laughs> the pain shot up his arm. <laughs> down his back. Rev said, uh, brother, I told you that I would see you in a little while. Then Rev heard his spine snap. <laughs> Rev said, brother, didn't I say I would see you in a little while? And the gorilla snatched him inside the cave. Betwixt the bars. <laughs> Rev threw that small opening in the bars. Broke both shoulder blades, getting him in there. Then he cupped Rev's head in one paw, and he rained blows upon him with a 75-pound mass of hair-covered nut. <laughs> the breeder said, brother, said, wait a minute. Said, hold it. And the gorilla snatched him by the neck. The gorilla had a handful of the man's neck. <laughs> a handful of neck doesn't leave too much neck. <laughs> Has anybody ever had a handful of your neck? The gorilla took him by the neck and beat him off both sides of the cave. Then he slammed him around and slammed him down and jumped up and down and picked him up and flung him out between the bars. Rev got up. <laughs> brushed off his clothes. He walked over to the cage. He said, brother, said I'm talking to you. Said I'm talking to you. And the gorilla glanced back over his shoulder. The ref said, you know, said you're not a man. Said you act like a gorilla. <laughs> That's the way you act. He said, whatever they said you did, you did it. <laughs> yes, you did it, and some more besides. <laughs> said, I'm going to get the members to send a petition to Washington, all right, to see that you get the electric chair. <laughs> said, and oh, yes. <laughs> said, as for that hair hanging down in your nasty face, I hope they keep you in there so long, it'll cover your shaggy car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for putting me up with me here. Uh, that was Flip Wilson. Uh, actually, my dad and I used to watch the uh, Flip Wilson show when I was a little boy uh, back here in the... 70s, uh, I guess we lived probably San Mateo in the peninsula. Little, little kid, but uh, God bless you, Dad. And I remember watching that show, Flip Wilson, a uh, very funny man. So, uh, welcome back to Racer's Alley here in the heart of the mission. Uh, took a little break here and uh, trying to get my bearings. Like I said, I haven't uh, uh, produced the show for a while, so I'm, uh, you know, fixing a few hiccups, learning how to breathe and talk and. Uh, do all that other good stuff that comes with producing a show. So anyhow, uh, it uh, takes a little bit, two hours to sit there and talk for two hours, yar, yar, and uh, think about things. And I'm never one to plan ahead, but I'm kind of working on that. Now that I have enough uh, 
folks that I've talked to in interviews and uh, great, great people out there that are running great, great businesses. And um, one of the things uh, right before I uh, took a hiatus uh, uh, for a little bit, I was uh, hoping to have uh, Apex Assassins come out here and uh, or actually uh, give me a holler. Uh, they run uh, motorcycle track days as well. Apex Assassins. I love that name. I've actually always wanted to uh, have a, a when I <laughs> a million years ago I wanted to have act, actually a uh, Apex uh, motorcycle repair shop uh, back in uh, uh, when one of the shops I worked for went out of business in around uh, 1993, I believe, and I lived over there in Dublin, California, and uh, I was going to call it Apex Motorsports. Uh, actually, interestingly enough, and uh, Assassins. I always put that on my resume. Uh, way down at the last thing, you know, if they say extra, you know, extra talents and stuff, I'll put like, you know, a motorcycle mechanic, uh, you know, uh, uh, lawnmower, and then I'll put assassins within the list of five things. Uh, I do that because I want to see if they actually go and read through my whole a resume, so to speak, and uh, my mom really didn't like that. We had an argument over that at one point, but uh, anyhow, uh, if they don't have a sense of humor, I don't want to work for them anyway, so uh, I've always put that on my resumes, and uh, it lets me know if they're paying attention or not, and uh, I've gotten a few uh, assassination jobs, actually. Uh, made it more money than I could have worked in there. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say that on the air. <laughs> anyhow, Apex Assassins, really great uh, name. Uh, they got our motorcycle track days. Uh, and uh, let's see here. What are we going to do? Let's... Um do I get there? Uh, okay, I found the page. We do have their schedule. RER. I wrote that down earlier. Like I said, I've been kind of off in the last couple of days and uh, uh, with pain situations, so you don't think straight. But anyway, I'm feeling a lot better today. You can't imagine uh, what a difference a day makes. So, uh, Apex Assassins Motorcycle Track Days. I'd love to have you on the show at one point call in. Uh, let's see here. Friday, September 24th, Chukwala Valley. I have to actually figure out where that is and get a map. Yar, yar. Uh, you guys are going to have to call in. Let me know where. So, anyways, uh, Apex Assassins Motorcycle Track Days. They're going to be here on Friday, September 4th, Chukwala Valley. They're going to be on Friday, October 29th, as well at Chukwala Valley. Uh, raceway. Let's call it Chukwala Valley Raceway. So Friday, September 4th and uh, Friday, October 29th, Apex Assassins will be at the Chukwala Valley Raceway. As well as, uh, boy, uh, I guess they get out of state here. Uh, on December 4th and December 5th, they're going to be at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. That's very, very interesting. Uh, I wonder what type of uh, course they do there. They got banks? They do anything like that? Hmm, interesting. I'll have to ask. Uh, and also on December 4th, they have a little parenthesis, say CW. And on December 5th, they say CCW. So I do not know what that means. Uh, I will have to ask the boys at Apex Assassin's Motorcycle Track Days what that means as far as uh, their December uh, 4th and 5th Las Vegas Motor Speedway uh, dates. And uh, I guess they're coming back for the end of the year over here at uh, Chuck. Chukwala Valley Raceway on December 10th. Huh, it sounds like the Chukwala Valley would be very, very cold around December. I wonder if it's like Willow Springs where you kind of got to watch out for a uh, very, very cold track. We'll have to ask. Yar, yar. Uh, so anyways, as well as, uh, you know, uh, hoping to have him on the show. Like I said, uh, we, were, we were due to have him on and I uh, abruptly stopped and I was never able to uh, talk to him again as far as getting, uh, getting a reschedule. So, uh, I'll reach out and uh, let's hear about uh, how Apex Assassin's uh, track days uh, run. 
Uh, I did see down below they did have some uh, sponsors. Cycle. It's always great to have sponsors for track days. I mean, uh, without the uh, track days, I mean, without the sponsors, you wouldn't be able to have a motorcycle to get to the track. And of, uh, as usual, always, always thank your track uh, track workers, uh, turn workers and such. Yar. Uh, so it looks like the sponsors for Apex Assassins is uh, Cycle Tech. Yar, yar. Uh, Blood Lubricants. Yar, I like that name. Blood. Blood Lubricants. And... Uh, Legal ride. There's always a lawyer involved, which is always nice if you have a lawyer involved when you have track days. You know, give them free track days. You might need that advice someday. Uh, yar, let's not put some bad karma that way. But anyways, it's always great to have lawyers involved in uh, in uh, racing. Uh, we have, uh, you know, a lot of tigers over here uh, been helping us out for a while. And actually, you know, he visited me when I was in the hospital when I was all messed up. Uh, one of two people. Anyhow, um... External Visions, Apex Assassins, External Visions is one of their uh, uh, sponsors here, I see. I like that. Uh, Eternal, sorry. I don't have my reading glasses. Let me put those on right now so I can see what the hell I'm doing. Ugh. All right, I got them on. Here we go. Apex Assassins Motorcycle Track Days. The last sponsor here is uh, Eternal Visions. I remembered. I put a little star on there. I like the name of that. Eternal Visions. Uh, I'd like to know what that means. So hopefully we'll get the boys on here. Uh, let us know about their sponsors and their track days and how everything rolls. You know, uh, how many uh, you know sessions, that good old stuff. It's always nice to have track days out there. Yar. And I mentioned earlier, I found this over there on the Inimer webs, uh, my Facebook page, uh, No Limits Racing. They have a 2002 calendar 2022 calendar jesus christ we're in 22 next year huh so anyways the no limits racing over there across the pond on uh the round one there'll be a silverstone silverstone national whatever race race course i imagine it's a silverstone nat uh round one will be on march 19th and 20th over there across the pond no limits racing looks like they're road racers yar yar and uh round two will be over in snetterton on uh, april 9th and 10th and uh, round three will be an in Donington NAT. I imagine that's national uh, race trips. I don't know. Uh, they'll be on Donington on May 7th and 8th. So no limits racing. Uh, they have a. They just released their 2022 uh, 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 calendar for the uh, rounds. And I will have more on that. I just didn't have enough time to copy everything down. But uh, and we got a ways here. So uh, at least we know that there's going to be racing over there in uh, 2022. Uh, with no limits racing and it looked like a fine organization and uh, these these courses uh i would just love to love to be on because uh, their names i've always heard about and i would just dream of being there yar uh but you know i got time in life so we'll go that way all right yar okay so uh what's next fun track days uh, i will be getting to them soon we need to talk about the uh, baja international tourist cup as well as the san pedro martir hill climb uh, I do have uh, that coming up. I do have some uh, uh, bulletins as far as that goes. Yar. So uh, I took a little bit of time off while we were listening to Mr. Flip Wilson uh, to get a little bit of a Pam-tastic schedule here. Uh, Pam is our captain here at Mutiny Radio. Uh, I love her to death. Uh, she would do anything for anyone. She's kept the ship running for so many years, and uh, her heart, goes into this place it goes into every comedian that comes in and here uh it comes to everyone everyone that's on stage she must be proud of i mean uh, it's just incredible uh, comedians uh it's a very very hard uh, <laughs> uh i guess gig to do uh you really really have to have a thick skin and a great will you know just like motorcycle racers to be able to be a comedian yar you know because uh, it takes a lot of grit 
uh, I've seen it. It's it's just incredible. So it's really, really cool. And I'm very, very proud to, you know, uh, be part of Mutiny Radio. And uh, she's taken care of Racers Alley. Uh, She kept uh, us going even when I wasn't here. She ran our shows and uh, kept my time slot. So uh, I love you and thank you very, very much, Pamtastic, for keeping Racers Alley alive. Yeah. So uh, since the COVID, uh, what's what's become of... uh, uh, you know, everyone being quarantined and stuff. Uh, Mutiny Radio uh, started outdoor comedy titans of comedy. Uh, I think she has a hashtag on there, but outdoor comedy. So since then, uh, she's because uh, of you know for a while people had to distance and such. Uh, she brought comedy to folks outdoors, which was, was just so wonderful. Um, you know, people really really needed a laugh. So uh, especially in the red days. So anyhow. Um, Lately, uh, one day, Wednesdays, uh, she has dinner and a show at Asianto. It's over here at uh, Florida and 21st Street. Uh, they have great burgers, wonderful patio, really nice woodwork as far as the uh, sidewalk cafe area, and uh, nice ambiance. So uh, over here on Wednesdays, uh, dinner and a show at Asianto on uh, Florida and 21st. Get here around 6 or 7, you know, and, uh, you know, have a libation and enjoy the outdoors. Uh, they have a really nice area out there. So, uh, like I said, uh, Pam here at Meany Radio, she started uh, Outdoor Comedy Festival's Titan of Comedy when uh, the COVID was going on and uh, brought laughter outdoors. And it, it's, it's really, really nice that the, it's still going. So, uh, as far as... Uh, having outdoor festivals and it's catching on which is really cool because uh it seems nowadays it's uh, it's nice to have a you know fresh air yeah so anyways uh that being said uh mutiny radio also uh you know sponsors the uh, outdoors of comedy they will be having a comedy festival here soon i will be getting uh, a schedule so we can uh, go over that yeah so let's see that being said uh on Wednesday, she has dinner and show at Asiento. Like I said, they have great burgers and uh, nice libations. On Thursdays, uh, where she is at right now, they will be at the bar at Dolores and 29th. Again, an outdoor area. They have some nice food. And again, uh, outdoor, really, really cool ambiance. Uh, good time of year here in uh, San Francisco as far as uh, outdoor stuff. So it's really, really cool. So uh, she will have an outdoor comedy festival at the bar on Dolores on 29th. Uh, Every Thursdays, yar. And Saturdays, if you are up by 2 p.m., uh, she has the uh, comedy brunch over at Atlas Cafe over at 20th and Mission. And that's Saturday at 2 p.m., Atlas Cafe uh, SF on 20th and Mission. And uh, let's see here. What's around that? I think you have Doc's Clock right next door to that. And, uh, well, you have the Mission Cannabis Club for those who like to partake. And uh, if you want, you could also do your laundry right around the corner. Uh, that's where I do my laundry. I should get their name because they're, they're a great laundromat and they give you free uh, detergent and free dry on Wednesdays. So I save a lot of money that way. Yar. <laughs> what little money I have. Yar. All right. So uh, thank you, uh, Pam, for keeping us uh, going here. And uh, like I mentioned, uh, the Meet New Radio Outdoor Comedy Titans of Comedy. Uh, they have it on Wednesdays at uh, Asianto, Great Burgers, uh, Thursdays over at The Bar on Dolores and 29th. And, uh, of course, on Saturdays, you can have a nice brunch at Atlas Cafe and uh, enjoy the ambiance at 20th and Mission. And uh, uh, please help us out. Go see uh, and support all the businesses that support the comedy as well. Nice to be outdoors. Uh, we can all use, uh, you know, good laughter. Yar. All right. So uh, let's see here. 
I'm going to take another quick break, uh, and we will go into the San Pedro Matera Hill Climb and the Baja International Tourist Cup. we got a couple of uh, you know questions answered, as well as I'll go over uh, details as far as going over the border and a couple of little items uh, like that as well. So, let's see here. What do we want to listen to? Let me figure it out. Give me, let's see, uh, a second. <laughs> All right. Let's put that one on. And uh, I kind of like Flip Wilson, so I might change this in a second. Yeah. All right. Enjoy. Flip Wilson. <laughs> See how that works. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Fine, fine welcome. And it's certainly very gratifying to know that you feel this way and that you people have accepted my being able to sub for Johnny this week because it seemed to cause quite a bit of difficulty around here at NBC. Uh, earlier this evening, I was in Johnny's dressing room and one of the wardrobe mistresses walked by and she sticks her head in the door. She sees me and she says, what are you doing in Johnny Carson's dressing room? <laughs> Said if he catch you in here, this is the last time you're gonna be on this show. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very glad. <laughs> I'm very glad that you feel that. We, we will, during the course of the week, find some way to overcome her problem and firmly convince her that NBC, without a doubt, has established within everyone's mind that it is the full color network. <laughs> fun for me. It's this, this entire week is going to be fun. I've looked forward to it. And, uh, in fact, to stand here and act so cool. I'm excited. I'm not nervous. I'm excited. In the dressing room, I felt good. I was thinking, you know, just different ways of expressing the enthusiasm. And I was saying to myself, Whoa! <laughs> Well, it's made me think back. This is a long way from where I started. You know, I used to work in a drive-in movie. That's right, it was really rough. But it was fun. It was a hard job, but it was fun. I used to go around and shine the light in the car, tell people when the picture's over. <laughs> I got $25 a week and all I could see. <laughs> I'd walk around and say, the picture's over, the picture's over! <laughs> I tried a lot of things, I tried a lot of things. I feel that I'm prepared to assume the responsibility for well, this job, this is, well, this job is like, uh, I feel like this job is like being at a weenie roast with me being the weenie. <laughs> I just threw that in, you know? Like, uh, yes, yes. I, I tried a lot of things, you know, coming along, I, uh, during my younger years, I tried, uh, I operated my own business. It was a lemonade stand, you know, and uh, it was doing pretty good. It, the way it went is I had a big sign over the lemonade stand called Flip's Lemonade, all you can drink for a dime. Well, that was great, and it was going along pretty well, but then you always run into a wise guy, you know? One day a guy comes up to the stand, he says, uh, 
Is this lemonade as good as everybody says it is? And I said, you better believe it. This lemonade is just as good as what your mother used to make. And the guy said, hmm, that gotta be some very good lemonade. <laughs> I said, and in addition to that, I give you all you can drink for a dime. You can't beat that. I said, let me tell you how I fix this lemonade. I put extra sugar in the glass. So that when you turn the glass up to drink it, the lemonade starts swirling around and that makes the sugar swirl and lemonade gets sweeter as you go down. You know, as it goes down, makes it taste better. And uh, then the lemonade is very cold. I put extra ice in the pitcher and then I pack the pitcher in the ice. I said, yeah, that's all right. He said, uh, give me a glass. So I gave him a glass. And uh, he said, I'll have another glass. I said, well, that'll be another dime. He said, now, hold on. He said, the sign says all you can drink for a dime. I said, but you had a glass, didn't you? And I said, yes. I said, well, that's all you can drink for a dime. <laughs> People caught on to that pretty quick, so I, I kind of cut the lemonade business to loose. And I've worked toward tonight. And uh, during the course, now let me see, things are gonna be a little different with Johnny not here. The whole purpose of the show is fun. We're gonna try to have as much fun, you know? But other things will be different, such as uh, during the course of my opening spot, I'll eliminate Johnny's genuine, authentic golf swing. We won't have that this week. No, I wouldn't infringe upon the man's right to open, you know, that, that's not. That's his swing. You know, I swing another way. I got my own way of swing. <laughs> but uh, if, if Johnny's looking in tonight, I was thinking of some way. I don't play golf myself. Well, the ball is too small. If the ball was a little larger, I'd play. Uh, but in the elevator at the hotel I'm staying at, coming up on the elevator, I heard two guys discussing the game, and I thought it was a pretty amusing conversation. One fellow says to the other, he said, uh, say, George, he said, how's your golf game coming? George said, it's all right. It's all right. Well, I said, you should be pretty good. You and Freddie playing every other day. George said, look, said, don't mention Freddie's name to me. I said, I don't want to talk about Freddie. You understand? So don't bring his name up to me. <laughs> well, I said, but you and Freddie are such good friends. You guys play golf every other day. George said, well, not anymore. So well, what happened? I said, look, I said, do you want to play with a guy who cheats on the score? Want to play with a guy who cheats? A guy who, if he makes a hole in one, he's gonna take off two? <laughs> so you wanna play with, you wanna play with a guy who, who steals your clubs while you're watching the ball? Because somebody's already got your bag? <laughs> so do you wanna play with a guy who'll run through the clubhouse yelling, burn, baby, burn? <laughs> so do you wanna play with a guy like that? And the fellow said, heck no. He said, well, neither do Freddie. <laughs> gonna get any better than that, right? Uh, assuming that uh, perhaps Johnny might be watching this evening, I'd like to say, John, uh, I'm really having a problem with the wardrobe. You know that brought down the wardrobe I was telling you about last night? Uh, well, let me explain to the ladies and gentlemen. And see, the wardrobe woman actually resents me. When Johnny left, he told me that I should make myself at home in his office. His office was now my office. So this morning, I bought in my barbecue set. 
I brought in a record player, some Ray Charles records, you know. And I invited over a couple of my lady friends. Then this evening, the brother in the wardrobe ruined the whole thing. Like she stuck her head in the door and she saw me and then she said, Johnny Carson don't allow no cooking and dancing in this office. <laughs> And the girls got mad and left, you know? Well, I started to walk out myself. In fact, the only reason I haven't walked out is uh, the fine cooperation and encouragement I received from our producer, Mr. Rudy Tejas. Uh, Rudy's a fine guy. He's always encouraged me. He says, uh, don't worry about it. If you don't hit the commercial right on time or if you're a few seconds late with the station break, everything's going to be all right. He's always been very encouraging. In fact, I met Rudy in Detroit last year. Yeah, he, he walked up to me and he said, take a television. They ain't going to miss it. <laughs> Very encouraging. It's always nice to have someone like that around. I, I have to say, I like to be honest with you people, you know? And I like to say that uh, being a young Negro performer hosting a national television show hasn't gone to my head. Uh, why should I let the fact that I'm in a position of power and of prominence and considerable influence affect me. I mean, why not stay cool? No, I'm not gonna panic. Just be the same guy that I've always been. Uh, Ed, uh, after the show, would you finish shining those other two pairs of shoes? <laughs> Really, I'm having fun. Glad to have you back, Doc. I was thinking of what area I might have gone into that would have given me the opportunity to have as much fun as I have being a comic. And I thought about it, and being a doctor. You're, you're a doctor, right, Doc? I certainly am. Well, being a doc, doctors have a lot of fun. I didn't find out until, uh, you know, how much fun doctors had until a couple weeks ago. I was in a bar, and a guy was telling me about uh, his wife went to the doctor. She had a headache, you know? And she says, uh, Doc, I got a headache. <laughs> and the doctor said, mm-hmm. <laughs> said, I'm gonna have to give you what's called a thorough examination. He said, now, if you remove your clothes, and the lady said, what? <laughs> remove my clothes? She said, I'm a married woman. Said, I've been married 14 years and I never removed my clothes in front of my husband and I'm not gonna take them off in front of you. <laughs> I said, yeah, I said, I see what you mean. He said, well, in that case, I'm gonna make it easy for you. He said, if you'll step behind the screen, step behind the screen. So the lady steps behind the screen and she says, uh, are you gonna turn the light out? <laughs> doctor said, but you're behind the screen. She tells him, said, that don't make no difference. <laughs> said, I'm not removing my clothes, even if I'm behind the screen without the light out. Doctor said, wow. And then goes on me, turns the light out. Then the lady removes the clothes. You could hear the rustle, you know, roll the clothes. Then the voice in the dock says, where shall I put my clothes? The doctor said, uh, you can drop them on the floor like I did mine. Oh, man, I love Flip Wilson. <laughs> Sorry, laughing. Flip Wilson, back in the day. Like I said, uh, my dad and I used to watch the Flip Wilson show in the 70s, I believe. Yeah, all right, so let's get back to the show and 
breathing and concentrating and all that good stuff. I've tried a new system out where I'm writing things down in big letters with my new glasses so I can actually kind of see what the hell I'm doing. As far as the uh, San Pedro Matera Hill Climb and the Baja International Tourist Cup, that's some great uh, racing coming up here in the Mexico, down in Mexico, I guess you could say, from up here in Baja way as well. Um, Pedro Valdez Valdez has been uh, doing a great job getting everything together. Uh, I believe today he went out as well to uh, uh, meeting certain folks as far as getting requirements. Uh, to run a road race, I imagine, takes a great, great deal of uh, patience as well as uh, determination. I mean, uh, I can't imagine the amount of uh, permits and... Uh, what you need to do to actually get out there. I mean, you know, first you have to uh, go out there and find a place that you'd like to run a road race, and then from there do everything in between to make it happen, whether it be uh, talking to local governments, uh, getting certain things, uh, I guess, repaired, so to speak, or a little bit safer. Road racing's road racing. So, you know, I don't expect anyone to ever think that it's going to be like, Fine. You know, to me, it's like uh, going up Highway 1 or Mines Road or Isle of Man. I mean, there's no such thing as perfect pavement or, you know, no danger. So, um, yeah, it's not it's not a closed course circuit. It's road racing. I and mean, road racing is the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous sports in the world. Um, I'm particularly very, very would like to go to the uh, San Pedro Matera Hill Climb. Uh, that's how I actually got into this a few years ago. I saw this uh, posted and uh, Pedro and, um, Pedro and I uh, uh, started communicating and then I got the show. And, you know, we started uh, uh, from there. Uh, um, Getting into, I, I got more interested, and uh, unfortunately, life got in the way, and I never got to go race uh, over there or down there, I guess, or up there, depending. It's a hill climb; you got to go up, right? So, anyhow, um, yar yar. Uh, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, uh, I can try and do this this year. But either way, uh, we're very, very committed. He's very committed to make this happen. He's already gotten a lot of permits. Uh, the COVID. Uh, hurt things last year this year but like i said it takes a lot of determination to get a road race done and uh, he's doing everything in his power to ha make it happen yar so that being said um for the san pedro Matera hill climb or the baja international tourist cup that's going to be coming up here uh between october let's say 27th to the 28th uh, for the San Pedro Matera Hill Climb and the uh, Baja International Tourist Cup is going to be around October 29th to 31st. Uh, they're both in completely different areas. I'll go over that in a little bit. But as far as the human paperwork, the human aspect, as far as getting over the border, you know, that's something uh, kind of... Yeah should probably highlight a few things and get some things. Uh, if you have any questions, you can always find me on the face of a book. Uh, or, uh, yeah, the, the easiest way to get a hold of me. One of these days, I'll have someone here, and you can call me here at 415-550-0511. But uh, I can barely make the system work alone. So, anyhow, that being said, uh, for the San Pedro Matera Hill Climb and the Baja International Tourist Cup, uh, human paperwork. Uh, at the border, you're going to want to fill out, uh, have to fill out an FF's, FM tourist form. And pay for that tourist card. He says it's about twenty-eight bucks. Uh, I know Wade had a question as far as what do you sign up as a tourist, racers, uh, gringos, uh, or all of the above. That's a good question. And um, Pedro uh, sent me a a link to the mx.usembassy.gov. 
Uh, it's a travel restrictions travel restrictions fact sheet. Uh, as far as from what I uh, what I saw, it shouldn't be an issue either way to go there or not. Um, yeah. So as far as I know right now. It's not an issue. Uh, as far as filling it out, that's a good question. Hopefully, uh, someone will be able to get back to me. Uh, well, if, <laughs> if someone's listening to the show. But uh, anyhow, anyone's listening, uh, if anyone knows, um, yeah, uh, give us a clue. Uh, how should we fill out a passport? Like, uh, I have a, a, you know, on face of a book, the, I see a lot of, I'm part of a site for the Baja, you know, racers. I mean, there's a lot of fucking off-road boys going down there, and uh, yeah, that's a good question. What do they fill in? Uh, you know, so, uh, if any of you boys know, please uh, PM me on uh, uh, Alex Torres-Mori or Racers Alley, or i got to figure out a, a easier way, but anyhow, you are, you are. So, uh, at the border, you'll have to fill out uh, FM tourist form and pay for tourist card, uh, 28 bucks uh, for the San Pedro Martin Hill Climber, the Baja International Tourist Cup. Going across the border from the USA to Mexico, you'll have to fill out a FM tourist form and pay a tourist card, 28 bucks. Now, if you really, really want to return and uh, or stay, whatever you need to do, you, nowadays you have to have a passport or a legal resident card or a visa. No MasterCard. Got to have a visa. So passport, legal resident card, or visa. Uh, personally, I would, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take my proper passport. The legal resident card to me is kind of funny, but I've had friends use it. It looks like a, cal, you know, it looks like a driver's license, but apparently it, it it's good for you know Mexico or Canada. Um, so anyhow, um, you got to have a passport, legal resident card, or visa. Me, I would take a passport just to. Be 100%, 100% sure. Never want to get turned around. So uh, that being said, uh, truck requirements at the border uh, for the San Pedro Martin Hill Climb and Baja International Tourist Cup. If you're going from uh, California down to Mexico, Baja, uh, going across the border, uh, all vehicles, including rigs, trailers, race bikes, and cars, have to show current registration from country of origin. So your paperwork's got to be proper, fellas and ladies. Uh, everything's got to be cool. Everything's got to be paid up to date. So that being said, um, yar, I'll probably end up putting my license on the my license plate with the registration on the motorcycle. Um, at one point, I was going to take my race bike as a race bike, but uh, I did end up seeing somewhere in the rule book somewhere that you need to have a proper tail light, uh, functioning tail light. So that negated the idea of having a full-on race bike per se. Um, Wade Boyd asked a question about uh, subculture racing. Wade Boyd asked a question: Do you need a uh, oil uh, container like on the race uh, proper uh, race bike? Um, that's a good question, and I highly recommend downloading the rule books and looking that up. And I'll get a little, little bit more exact um, answer from that from Pedro. Um, like I said, I was uh, I was off last week in a in a uh, uh, weird way. I, I, I hurt myself. Yar, I'm getting old. But anyways, I wasn't able to really fully uh, research. So uh, I will have all these answers to your questions uh, on our next show. But uh, that being said, have all your shit dialed in as far as paperwork goes. Um, do not put any weed in any tires. Uh, either way. Uh, going across or coming back uh and uh show current registration country and or origin now my question was if i borrowed a race bike let's say yar 
right? So my race bike would be in a different name and I went across the border. Does, do the vehicles that I have need to match my name? And Pedro says, no, as long as the paperwork is good and everything is registered proper, you can go across the border. Meaning uh, you can have a sponsored person's bike on your uh, truck that's yours or whoever's taking it. As long as the paperwork matches and everything's proper. Um, I would probably have insurance too. But anyways, um, that being said, just make sure your paperwork's proper and you'll be able to get uh, on and uh, back and forth across the border uh, properly, uh, easily, so to speak. Uh, big one, yar yar, I, I didn't think about this, was about fuel cans. You know, um, I ran across this actually when someone said I, my fuel can's illegal in California nowadays, whatever the fuck that means. But um, new fuel cans have whatever red you know, stuff. Mine's from the old days. Anyhow, uh, as far as uh, spare fuel cans going across the border for the San Pedro de Monteta Hill Climb or the Baja International Tourist Cup, if you're going from California to uh, Mexico. Okay, that dead air means uh, I was bur uh, burping. So, uh, that means uh, no importation of gas allowed. Ha! That's funny, I just burped. So, spare fuel cans uh, gone from the San Pedro Martin Hill Climb to the Baja International Tourist Cup from California to Mexico. No importation of gas allowed. Race or lower octane. Methanol is strictly forbidden. Yar. Okay, so uh, as far as taking fuel across the border from California to Mexico, you cannot. Uh, don't, yeah, so no importation, no importation of gas allowed. I guess that, that just says it all. Uh, race, lower octane, methanol, forbidden. Yeah, they didn't say anything about jet fuel, though. Hmm. Anyhow, uh, that being said, uh, don't take your gas down there. As far as uh, fuel tanks, I was wondering this as well because someone said something about mine was funny. All attached fuel tanks on vehicles can be full and brought. I imagine, uh, sorry, I have a little thing over here, my glasses. All attached fuel tanks on vehicles be, can be full and brought in. Uh, so I mean, just, uh, got a spare fuel tank for a truck. Yeah, I have in parentheses, ask Pedro what that means, so we'll figure that out. Uh, no dump cans, jerry cans, or drums full of fuel allowed. So, again, just don't take any gas down south. All right? Take your gear. Just don't take anything full of gas. Yar. Um, eh, so, there you go as far as fuel going down there. Because I was wondering as well. And uh, at one point, uh, I've heard you know, tales of the boys doing the Baja 1000 and stuff. And, you know, uh, uh, seeing these insane machines in the early 90s of... Uh, you know, spare gas and stuff on motorcycles uh, during the races. That, that'll be more of a Wade tale and subculture and uh, the boys, you know. But, uh, yeah, very, very interesting. So, anyways, don't take your gas down south in your truck. All right. Uh, motorcycles and tech. Uh, registration can be different than a user. I mentioned that earlier, but current. And, uh, like I said, uh, read the rules, especially if you need a taillight. I was going to actually just take my race bike, but uh, I'm going to be uh, streeting it to a certain respect and i was actually thinking of why not making it full street in case something happened with my truck i can actually just literally take it off the truck and ride it so that's been a thought as well for myself uh it just depends i guess uh how serious you want to race so to speak yeah uh let's see here as far as that goes we're all good uh i asked the questions do a bike needs oil containers we did that and um 
Oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Boyd, Subculture Racing, asked, Are folks meeting at the border and driving in as a group? Uh, that's something you all got to decide uh, <laughs> as the uh, list of listeners grow. Maybe they can pass the word and, you know, see what that means. Are folks meeting at the border and driving in as a group? Yar, yar. So uh, for the San Pedro Matuta Hill Climb and the Baja International Tourist Group, uh, Tourist Cup, are, um, are we getting clans together? You know, I know uh, I had a little list here from uh, my... Uh, I guess, goddamn, I, I gotta stop saying Facebook book because I really don't like promoting them, but it's a great way for all of us right now to communicate. So, here you are. Uh, local racers, here you are. Uh, Bridget LeBeer, LeBeer, I'll have to ask you. Uh, she's gonna be joining the race over here down south. Stuart Clotworthy and uh, Samuel Gluss and Dave Thomas. Uh, those are confirmed. They sent me, I asked folks to send me who is going for sure. You know, and uh, these four uh, locally are definitely going to be racing down there at the Baja International Tourist Club, Tourist Cup, and um, I don't know about the uh, hill climb. The hill, the uh, International Tourist Cup is going to be uh, uh, one of a kind. It's the first time ever. It'll be an honor to be there. Uh, I'm really, really hoping I can, I can do this. Uh, Anyhow, it's great that we have a bunch of local racers and racers from the U.S. going. I, I know I've seen others. I've yet to look at the uh, actual official uh, downloaded list. Uh, Pedro did send that to me. Um, I mentioned I was going to start reading off all the names. Um, well, that being said, for my <laughs> whoever's listening, if you do not want your name read off on the Baja International Tourist Cup rosters or the uh, San Pedro Mate Hill Climb roster, uh, let me know. Uh, PM me on uh, Alex uh, Facebook uh, stuff, Race, uh, Racers Alley. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to start reading off all the names of these great racers who have decided to uh, join uh, Road Racing uh, Club. Uh, down south and it'll be a, a wonderful historical type of effort and uh, racing uh, to do you know I really really would like to do it and uh, there's nothing like going to a different country and road racing it's it's not circuit racing um, you have to have a lot of confidence in yourself your abilities and your machine and you have to understand I mean the full um, you know, I guess uh, risk involved and the fact that, it, yeah, you, 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 there's really no room for error. You, you have to understand this is not a, you know, want, want, go as fast as you want. You know, this is a very serious, very pro international race. This is not squids are us, you know, um, you know, it, I don't think folks really understand how serious road racing is uh, here in America. And uh, it's, it's, it's very, very risky. It's very, very um to me, it's the best thing you can possibly ever, ever do because it, it, it puts all my skills and efforts easily into one effort. And uh, <laughs> there's nothing better in my life as far as that goes. And I miss it every day. Uh, so uh, that being said, uh, we are going to have to, we got about seven minutes here. So let me take a quick break, uh, walk around the studio, button up for a second. Uh, we'll listen to a little bit more of Flip Wilson. And I will go over the last of, I guess, a couple of notes for the uh, hill climb uh, and the International Tourist Cup. Go from there. Oh, and I got the fun track day schedule, uh, last of that for the year. Yar yar, welcome back to Races Alley here at Meeting Radio and Heart of the Mission. And uh, let's see if I can make the radio work and all that good stuff. Cheers, yar.
best stories are stories that have been given to me by people. The other day, a little old lady stopped me and told me a story. I liked it, too. <laughs> she said it was her favorite story. I knew it would be a great story, because I have a very high regard for little old ladies. I admire them. I admire them because they're cool. <laughs> little old ladies are very cool. Very cool. That's how you get to be a little old lady. <laughs> You gotta be very cool. More little old ladies than there are little old men. <laughs> Anytime a little old lady tells me something, I say, yeah, little old broad. <laughs> well, let me tell you the story, then you'll see. I like it. Visualize a street in a large metropolitan area. Coming up the street is a horse-drawn wagon. Painted in large letters on the side of the wagon, there's a sign that says, ice! There's a little fat guy driving the wagon. He's yelling at the top of his voice, he's yelling, Ice! Ice! Get your ice! A woman calls from the upper floor of an apartment building. She wants ice. She yells down to the guy, she says, I want some ice! <laughs> Say, bring me a piece, honey! Said, I want a 25-cent piece. <laughs> The guy cuts a 30-cent piece because the lady lives upstairs. No elevator in the building. By the time he gets up there, it'll be 25 cents up. I threw that in. The little old lady didn't tell me that. He enters the building, leaving the horse and wagon at the curb, which I thought was very practical. Well, no sense carrying that damn horse and wagon up there. While he's in the building, there's a fella passing along the street. As the guy gets abreast of the wagon, the horse turns and says, what a life. And I said, what'd you say? No, I said, I said, what a life. I say that because a little fat guy who owns the wagon never takes the time to consider what it's like being the horse. But five days a week, he makes me pull this ice wagon. And Saturday, he sells rides to the kids at a dime a ride. And Sunday, it's all day around the park, $3 an hour. That's why I say, what a life. So I said, does he know you can talk? <laughs> the horse said, heck no, and don't tell him either. If you do, he'll make me yell ice. <laughs> Have fun, Ed. Fun, fun. sometime, you know? Go on a little trip. Instead of having fun is. Doing the unusual. <laughs> I'm working on a new story. It's, it's, it's a sequel to The Days of the Nights. Remember The Days of the Nights? Yeah, I'm working on a new thing. Uh, it's about Geraldine. Remember Geraldine? Well, King Begonia. <laughs> King Begonia, who ruled the kingdom of Begonia, that's why they called him that, uh, King. King Begonia had two daughters, Geraldine and Ruby. <laughs> People saw Geraldine all the time. They very seldom saw Ruby. But they knew she was around, because every evening at five, the bell in the tower of the castle of Begonia would ring. 
and King Bagonia and Geraldine would come out on that balcony there, and the king would issue a royal proclamation while the citizens below screamed, Hooray, King Bagonia! Hooray, King Bagonia! And the king would say, He who has nothing should have less, and that which he has shall be taken from him. <laughs> the citizens would scream, Hooray, King Bagonia! <laughs> yeah, they, they saw Geraldine all the time. Very seldom saw Ruby. But they knew she was around because they heard the bell. Those who didn't know were asking, do Ruby Bagonia ring a bell? <laughs> I love Flip Wilson. Yar, yar. Anyways, uh, that's Flip Wilson uh, from the actual album, The Devil Made Me Buy This Dress. And if you uh, see the actual album cover, it's him in a dress with a hat <laughs> and a wig. But uh, like I said, if you ever saw him on the Flip Wilson show, uh, that was one of his shticks. So uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, to hear the album. And uh, brings back old days, uh, like I said, uh, with my pop watching the show. Yar, yar. So, uh, again, uh, welcome to Meet Any Radio uh, here at the Racers Alley, uh, part of the mission. Uh, Meet Any Radio is having a comedy festival coming soon. Uh, thank you, Asiento, uh, uh, over here on uh, Florida and, I believe, 20th, and uh, the bar on Dolores and uh, the Milk Bar. Uh, they've been uh, great uh, supporters uh, since COVID started, uh, helping us keep Mutiny Radio sailing and uh, keeping us alive, so to speak. Uh, it's very, very important uh, to get uh, sponsorship. Uh, we are just, uh, you know, uh, since the COVID happened, uh, a lot of our shows, uh, you know, people just uh, had to stop their uh, their slots because of that. And uh, we're just getting by and we're just getting through, but it's always nice to have uh, sponsors and listeners out there. Yar, yar. So thank you. Uh, uh, all six of you. Anyways, that being said, let's see here. For the Baja International Tourist Cup and the San Pedro Matilde Hill Climb, I got a couple of notes. Um, boy, uh, the San Pedro Matilde Hill Climb this month, uh, this year will be on uh, October 27th and 28th. That's how I, uh, I got in touch with Pedro uh, and uh, heard about this uh, many years ago. We, I saw a little uh, blurb on it, and from there it... Uh, it got my interest, and here we are. So uh, that's going to be happening October 27th, 20th, and 28th. Um, Pedro Valdez Valdez has done a lot to get this going. Uh, if I say his name wrong, Barriar. Um, it takes a lot to get a, a road race going. The hill climb, I, boy, it's been on a few years now. I wish I would have been there from the start. Boy, uh, they have uh, bikes and cars, and there's a guy out there uh, as well. Um, boy, I, I put that note away, but... Uh, one of the fastest guys out there, uh, you know, he set an incredible record. But uh, I'll have their names uh, for the next show because uh, I believe the champions out here should have their names set. Yar. Okay, so anyways, about the uh, San Pedro Martin Hill Climb, uh, there are a couple of rooms available still at uh, Rancho Meiling, uh, www.ranchomeiling.com. Uh, their rooms are between 85 and 90, I believe. I would go there myself because if I actually went there, I'd be in a 1991 Toyota pickup truck with a bike only. So I would need accommodations, which is awesome. And I'd be happy to have them. <laughs> Anyways, that being said, uh, so if you're heading to the San Pedro Martin Hill Climb, there might be still uh, uh, rooms available. This is old, old, uh, at least a week old at the news at uh, Rancho Meiling, R-A-N-C-H-O-M-E-L-I-N-G. 
www.renchomiling.com. Uh, so uh, give them a shout out if uh, you would like to, uh, you know, uh, get accommodations. Uh, otherwise, you know, I've always seen uh, even the AFM, uh, all, all the racers now seem to have a camp a lot at the track. And boy, oh boy, do they have nice campers. Yar. Uh, somewhere along the line, racers start making a lot of money. But uh, anyways, if you're camping and you have your full rig with all your stuff and everything else in between, it's $15 per head per night. There's no reservations needed and there's plenty of space. So uh, as far as camping for the San Pedro de Matita Hill Climb on uh, 1027 and 28th, uh, camping is 15 bucks per head per night. No reservations needed and plenty of space. As far as that goes, the camping includes restroom, showers, and the use of the pool. So, RER. Uh, that time of year, I don't know if it's too hot, but anyways, in San Francisco, anything over 70 is hot. So, RER. Uh, you can take it as uh, that goes. So, camping includes restroom, pools, and uh, showers. Uh, use of the pool and showers. Um, so, uh, for camping over there at the San Pedro Matito Hill Climb. Uh, there's also a restaurant with homestyle cooking, which is probably uh, the place I would be at if I had a uh, place at the Rancho Meiling. Um, if you don't have the accommodations, like I've seen a lot of people have all the motorhomes and everything else in between, uh, it's nice to actually have a place where you can go and eat. You know, at the Isle of Man, I didn't have anything. I had a tent, right? So the uh, in the end, there was a kebab pizza place across from the pub. And that was the place I ate every night. They knew me because, I mean, uh, you know, they had other food, but, it, you know, it, it was a little spendy. But uh, nothing like uh, chicken kebabs and, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, the chips, which are French fries. And I, I lived on that for two weeks. It was down home cooking. In the morning, I found a place that actually had uh, apple pie and uh, fresh mocha next to the uh, back then. They had an Internet cafe because that's the only way you could communicate it was in a place with a giant computer. But anyhow, so that being said, it's always nice to have a place that you go. If you if you don't have the uh, amenities and you're alone, uh, nice to have a place you can go to eat. So there's a restaurant with homestyle cooking. So it's a little bit spendy for about the 15 or so and uh, for breakfast and 20 for lunch. For me, that ain't shit. You should live in San Francisco. Jesus Christ, you can't get a... Yeah, try getting an avocado sandwich for less than $15, right? Yeah. So anyhow, yeah... So it's good to have uh, food over there, and uh, and a hotel if you do not uh, if you're not swank and have all that good stuff. You know, if you're going alone on a bike, uh, you're solo. They got your back covered. Yar. Uh, if you're not uh, if you're lucky enough to get there, uh, have a great time. And uh, right now, like I said, uh, please contact Pedro. There's still stuff going. There's still uh, uh, slots open. Like I said, they're gonna have cars. They're gonna have bikes. The San Pedro Martin Hill Climb is really, really cool. I mean, you should uh, check it out as far as pictures. Very, very unusual machines and uh, very, very neat. Oh, boy, I got to go. All right, I'm 7.50. I am out of time. I will get back to you soon about the Baja International Tourist Cup. Uh, otherwise, uh, everything else is going well. Thank you for listening to Racers Alley. I actually ran out of time, which is really, really cool. All right, cheers. Uh, thank you, Meet Me Radio, for having us. And uh, welcome back to Racers Alley here at Meet Me Radio. Touches the list, Manaka, Finches in this, 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 Manaka,
could kill big animals because it was so good. And another thing was this, this dog was so good because it was blessed by the uh, spirits. So one day they went on hunting and uh, so many people were jealous of this boy. They thought of how to kill the dog. So what they thought was, first of all, they hit the dog with the knob. After they hit the dog, then they will uh, skin it to make sure that it will not be, it will, it will not be alive again. And after they skin it, then they will bury it. So they did that one day while they were out hunting. The boy was not there, so they took the dog and they killed Marchena. And so after they killed Marchena, Marchena was skinned, and after they skinned, Your guys now know. 